I'm Brock, and I give this movie a 9.8 out of 10. I give it an 8.5 out of 10, and if anybody's salty about that, that rounds up to 9, not down to 8, so. Yeah, uh, it was an incredibly good movie. Um, I mean, that's incredibly good. That was kind of a redundant statement, but this movie's fucking... I think it might be my favorite Marvel movie now. Maybe. I don't know. I'll just sit on it for a little while. I saw it twice this weekend. So <laughs> I got like one time of amazement and then one time of like really paying attention. But it's definitely got like after my... Because I actually rated it lower my first time. I actually had it at like just about like an 8.5 out of 9. And then I saw it again and I was like, dude, this movie is fucking spectacular. Like just the visuals of it, fucking the storylines... And there's a couple of things I didn't like too. I mean, of course, like there is going to be with every movie, but it's uh things I can pretty much overlook because it's not really anything that detracts from the rest of the movie. It's just like it's there and it doesn't. It's kind of stagnant in its place in the movie, if that makes sense. That's actually something I haven't thought about. Like, I guess the visuals were so well done that I didn't pick them apart. So I didn't even think to register that how great they were because they didn't. I mean, there was no faults. Nothing that popped up when I was watching it. I also didn't watch it in 3D, which... Oh, wow, all probably, right. I probably would pick it apart because I fucking hate 3D. <laughs> nah, I saw it in 3D. It is one of the most seamless 3D movies I've ever seen, especially Ego's Whole Planet. I mean, most people who listen to this hopefully are going to listen to this after they've seen the movie, but if for some reason you haven't, or if you haven't seen it in 3D at least, go see it in 3D. James Gunn has stated many times how he, like, Filmed this whole entire movie with a huge, uh, um, what, what I don't know what to call it. Like, he filmed a lot of it, and a lot of the scenes like were in conjunction with how they were going to look in 3D and how to get the most out of them in 3D. So that's how they shot a lot of the movie with a lot of things that you know make that the forefront of kind of how the shot was. So like when you go to Ego's Planet, dude, there's shit constantly coming at you, going in the background, and there's like things like moving in it that you don't really see in um in the regular 2d movie because they're like way in the background but like two of the scenes are when um star lord and ego spoilers uh i guess yeah before we do this spoilers um, there's gonna be a lot of spoilers it's a movie review <laughs> <laughs> uh but the two times that i really noticed it are when peter quill and um i always say peter, peter quill as opposed to star lord i don't know why but when Peter Quill and Ego are out and they're like tossing the energy ball back and forth and they're standing in that courtyard, a bunch of crazy shit happening at that time. And um, the other one is the beginning, which I want to go into in a minute. Um, just everything happening that was crazy in 3D. Like you can't say had shit coming at you from the obelisk and uh, all the other people fighting, and then you just had Groot like dancing in front of you. It was fucking awesome. But uh, yeah, so yep. you just want to go straight into it. Start at the beginning, I guess, and I guess we'll just talk about the opening scene first and then kind of feel our way out to it. I definitely want to talk about the opening scene because despite this not being my favorite Marvel movie, I do think that was the best opening credits, not only in the Marvel Universe, but in many movies I've seen before. It might be the best of all time. That was, that was awesome. Just having a little baby group running around, and what I think really tickles me about it is that like the footage in the scenes surrounding it where they're fighting the fucking interdimensional worm fucker is that that was showing up that was showing up in all the trailers and I love that so much of the content from the trailers was pushed right into the beginning of the movie you know the trailers really held back on a lot of the other stuff uh, which is a big complaint I have about other superhero movies cough Batman vs Superman cough so I thought that was really well executed. Uh, I think that made me enjoy it more, honestly. Um, that whole scene, my whole take on it was it was the greatest Marvel opening. I guess it's still not the opening scene. The opening scene is Ego and Meredith Quill um, in Missouri. Opening credit Barry scene. Queen. There we go. Credits. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, opening credit scene. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just cute as fuck, dude. It's little baby Groot dancing all around and beating up the little squealer thing and, uh, 
saw that shit happening and just like it's a I mean once it gets out of that and actually gets to the whole team without the music fighting like it's just a badass like fight scene dude and like all the like uh, all the CGI in that scene dude like the abelisk it's like weird spectral breath like yeah all, and the, then you see, all the colors and they're like yeah and then you see like everyone flying around in and out of the shot but like everyone looks like they're all there like I mean it looks like they're on a giant they might have been on a giant green screen set with wires all flying around like that and shit and they added everything in I don't know but dude it's just like flawless fucking visuals in that thing dude um and let's see and then, let's talk about the Sovereign. You want to, since they're right after that? Yeah, them bitches ugly. Dude, uh, <laughs> Elizabeth Debicki, who played Ayesha, um, I don't know, she's not that ugly, but yeah, it kind of made everyone look ugly, because they were all gold. Yeah, they were talking about being the perfect breed, and I was just like, mm, I look better than you, and I'm nowhere oh, near that. <laughs> and one thing I want to say, because a lot of people were like, or... Yeah, I guess I've seen a lot of complaints about it online. Why the um, Sovereign were using the, like, video game pods and everything. And, like, if you weren't paying attention, like, Aisha says it in the beginning that they can't, like, risk themselves doing any of this work. Like, that's why they hired the Guardians to defeat the Avalis. Like, why would they send all their people out in spaceships and they can get blown up that easily? That doesn't make any sense. So they just, like, uh, co-opted it to work that way and... Yeah, of exactly. course they're going to do everything out Yeah, and I, and I don't know why people were, like, questioning that. Like, that was weird. Like, they totally spoke about it. Like, they aren't going to, like, put themselves in harm's way at any cost whatsoever, you know? So, I don't know. That was just a little thing I wanted to point out. But uh, them uh, as an element in the movie, uh, it's pretty cool. I understand its place in it and everything. Uh, they, I mean, the movie could have happened without it, but they have a... They have a bigger impact in the universe than just this movie. I, uh, we'll talk about the end credit or the post credit scene later, and you'll understand more while I elaborate on it more. But uh, that beginning scene, and then especially them on the other planet with Yon doing shit, it's just always funny when they're on screen because it's like they want to be taken so seriously, but they all sound like fucking nerds. Yeah. Uh, did it bother you that they talked about being like the perfect breed of human, and then there was that one dude whose teeth were messed up? Was that just me that that bothered? Um, I don't know. I, men- didn't I me mentioned it, and somebody said they didn't even notice, but, like, that really fucked with me. Yeah, I don't remember seeing anyone with fucked up teeth, so, I mean, yeah, I wasn't, it didn't bother Next me Next time you all. go, just look at the guy when he's piling the ship, and, uh, Drax is, like, hanging out of the back. It's his, like, bottom row of teeth. You can see him, and I was True. just, like, it was, like, standing out to me because these people were supposed to be, like, this perfect human specimen. But, uh... Oh. But, I don't know. I, th- right. I think it was great uh, including them, especially because, you know, people like Rocket are so in your face, hey, I'm better than you thing. And that's, you know, you had these snobby ass people who were getting one upped every time they turned around. That was great. Getting just what they deserve. Damn, I can't remember. All right, I'm just going to go with uh, one thing that everyone knows Drax is uh the comedic point of this movie and he fucking killed it compared to the last one dude like the last one he was all like big dumb fucking muscle guy but in this movie he's just ah it's fucking great dude every time he talks is like <clears throat> my nipples dude fucking my nipples <laughs> what was it the practical joke he played by having her just fucking pet a rocket like yeah. <laughs> how he constantly it, it, called mantis like ugly and shit I don't know I've seen a it, couple it people cool. say like, like it was bad I don't know it was funny to yeah me. it's like he's adapting to uh human how humans interact because in the first one you know he didn't understand anything he didn't understand like figures of speech everything was just so literal and this one you can see he's kind of loosening up a lot more which I like three to four months after Guardians 1 so I feel like straight hanging out you know he just kind of picked up on humor and their kind of way of talking and shit like that so there's you know a natural progression of him going from all serious tone all the time on his planet and shit to this new group of friends he has and stuff like that so I think it's a pretty Uh, cool transition to his character I want to get a little out of order here just because you mentioned the time gap. So, 
what can we guess the time gap will be between two and three? Not only because of the Infinity War uh, content that's going to be in between them, but just judging based off the Groot scene that we'll talk about later, if we talk about it at all, but the post-credit stinger with Groot, you know, being so much older. I mean, are we looking at years? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure because Infinity War is going to catch Guardians back up to the main timeline and shit. Uh, so I doubt they'll really, like, go back in time and really revisit them. I mean, granted, I guess that's what this did. But by then, I feel like it'll be more connected with the main timeline of everything going on in the MCU. So they can't really, you know, go that far back in time. Um, I'm, I'm assuming Volume 3 is going to have maybe one Earth character in it. I mean, we don't fucking know at all. But, uh, if we want to a little bit later, you, we can get into theories about Volume 3. Because I have some, and I think they're pretty fucking solid, so play it by ear on that um all right but yeah so i think because james gunn alluded the other day thanking everyone you know for seeing the movie this weekend because it made something like 300 million i think uh worldwide this weekend or because it opened two weekends ago or two weeks ago worldwide and so by this weekend i think it made 300 something million worldwide uh so props to that also i'm so fucking pumped you know yeah i know know friday by Friday, it had already made $167 million, so that was international. Dude, it's just like, I hope everyone goes and sees this movie. I'm probably going to try to see it uh, again sometime in the next few weeks, because my local movie theater has like $6 night and shit like that, and you can go to C3D for like 8 bucks or something, so go do that, see it again. Try and catch a couple more uh, Easter eggs and shit like that, because I feel like I saw a bunch, and then I keep reading online, and there's, like, even more, and I'm like, dude, this list never stops. Like, James Gunn just adds everything. (laughs) Did you see Um, where uh, James Gunn came out and admitted that he put the Adam Warlock cocoon in uh, Guardians 1? Like, he finally confirmed that that's what that is. Uh, Adam Warlock's cocoon can be seen in the collector's uh, room. Well, where did it say that? Because literally the fucking end credits of this is her building a new thing so that she can create Adam Warlock. Uh, just put up a... I think it was a fuck-up. That is the thing. Gun hmm. confirms... Yeah. Uh, because what? I've always heard that the cocoon and the collector's thing was just, like, a shout-out, but it was never supposed to, like, actually be a sovereign race, like, pod or anything. It was just supposed to be a pod... That was like a wink, like, yeah, Adam Warlock is what, that's what Adam Warlock gets out of his pods. That's more so what the connection was, I believe, uh, at least. I mean, there's articles saying that he confirmed it, so I was just like, damn, that's, that's crazy, because then they turned around and they put it in the end credits. I think that this was more of a, it was supposed to be an Easter egg in the first one that wasn't really going to have a, like, kind of a placeholder. I, I don't think they meant to get caught on that. I don't know. I feel like James Gunn is too smart to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever, though. Uh, but one of the things, we were just talking about characters and shit. I just wanted to say that it's not its not a bad thing at all. I loved it. But uh, Star-Lord definitely changed in dynamic between the first movie and the second movie, dude. Like, this movie, he's definitely playing less of the um, sarcastic one-liner, you know, like, full of himself. Because, like... You know, you do have ego in the movie, so Star-Lord can't be the ego of the movie. <laughs> yeah, like, he, he can't be the ego of the movie if he's meeting his own dad, who is ego, who is the living embodiment of what ego is. And, uh, so yeah, I, I really enjoyed that transition because it got to open up another side and you got to see Chris Pratt do some shit that, you know, you never uh, really get to see him do, I guess, because he's usually, like, big action star guy, and that's, like, really a fucking, you know, opened it up a little bit. Uh, his emotions and shit. I really enjoyed it. Uh, his whole character throughout the whole entire movie. Yeah, Star-Lord, I mean, he was my favorite in the first one, but he was also a favorite in this one as well. Uh, oh, yeah, for actually, sure. Actually, I take that back. I think Ro- uh, Rocket was my favorite in the first one. Not so Rocket Star-Lord was my favorite in the first one. Well, him and Ronan. Like, I really enjoyed Ronan as a villain. Like, I thought he was a strong one because he didn't, like, he didn't, like, fucking dilly-dally, dilly-dally on, like, Oh, I'm gonna take out you because blah 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 blah. He was just like, I want to fucking kill all Zandarians. That was it. <laughs> yeah, I just feel like like the drawback from having Ronan was because you know he was just sitting there in the shadow of Thanos in that movie. So it kind of, I feel like that took away from him. They watch it, but if we're gonna talk about characters. 
that uh, are in the movie that I feel like could possibly not be in the movie, but I do understand their place in the movie. Let's talk about Nebula. Uh, okay, I'm glad that we agree. I really thought that I was going to say Nebula and you were going to jump down my throat, but okay, yes. No, nah, uh, what I really understand about these movies are... Uh, I'm going to go on a little thing right now, but, like, these movies are, like, made as it blockbuster movies. Like, they're still made by comic book fans, especially James Gunn, super comic book fan. You know, they're made by them. You know, they're really cut to really, you know, be a crazy movie and not just a, you know, popcorn blockbuster. But they still got, you know, have, like, certain tropes and shit, I feel like, just out of, you know, like, that's what works. That's in the numbers and shit. Uh, But also... If you have any comic knowledge, or if you want to go read Infinity War and Infinity Gauntlet and shit like that, the comic book storylines, Nebula has a huge part in what's going on in the MCU for the next two years. And they really have to build up her character, and the only way you can do that is through Guardians. Like, she can't just come to Earth before everyone, you know, and be built up in, like, Captain America or or something, because she's a fucking cyborg assassin. She'll fucking kill everyone, you know? And so if you know the storyline from the comics, you know she's coming up. You know, you need to build her up. She said it multiple times in the fucking movies. Like, you know what she's going to do, why she plays such a big part. I'm not going to say it just in case you haven't paid attention and you want to go figure it out. But, hey, it's going to happen. I feel like she's going to be the one. Uh, Hopefully these vague terms you get, but it doesn't spoil it. I don't know. But, hey, like, they got to fucking build her up somewhere. And this is the only place they can. Uh, so, you know, like, you just got to take all this, you know, like, that way. Like, that's why she's in it, pretty much. And, you know, like, you also need Gamora there because uh, Gamora, the Gamora-Star-Lord, you know, relationship growing, like, that can be everything because this movie's really about Star-Lord and Ego's relationship growing for the most part and him and Yandu repairing and growing, too, towards the end. But... You know, you need someone for Gamora also to grow with because you had Drax and Mantis, you had Rocket and Yondu, you had uh, Star-Lord and Ego, so you needed Gamora to have someone, and naturally her sister, you know, because they've been at odds since the first, well, since childhood, and especially in the first movie, you already saw the growing tensions and shit, so, and they just carried over, because this is only, what, a couple months later, you don't just stop hating someone a couple months later, you know? Well, I guess over the course of the movie, she kind of stopped hating her, so I take that back, but... You know, like, it's just, just like... We're witnessing you, their interaction. Yeah, yeah, like, if, if, you, if you think about it, like, if you think about those things, I feel like it helps people understand more so why she's actually in the movie, you know? Because I feel like a lot of people thought she was just shoehorned in, and it's like, yeah, her, her role feels like that because she keeps popping up, like, in and out of it, but, like, there's reasons for it, you know? Like, there's a reason, like, Gamora needed a relationship to grow with, the, you need Nebula built up as a character, and to show how strongly she hates Thanos and shit so you know it's all just reasons like that that I feel like people just jump to conclusions way too fast after seeing a movie to actually sit there and analyze and understand like why shit takes place in those movies because those movies are very 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 thought out so it's not like they just said oh throw another character in there it's Nebula like this is all pre-planned like fucking giant white room with red yarn connected a bunch of photos and pieces of paper in a room to get this shit planned out. <laughs> and I get that, but the thing is, is we know that these guys are capable of handling it better than they did. And that, that's the thing. I think that Nebula definitely could have existed in this movie without being clunky and felt like they were just kind of trying to juggle a little too much. Uh, that was the main feelings I got from it. And I especially think it was because they tried to relate her so much to Gamora, naturally them being sisters, but I think that it would have been better if their plot paths hadn't crossed yet and did later down the road. Because when you're stretching Peter between Yondu and Ego, and then you're stretching Gamora between Nebula and Peter, and you're just stretching all these characters each and every way, just it, there's so many emotional subplots that they're just trying to hold in the air... You, they're going to sacrifice quality on some of them. I think that uh, narrowing the scope would have been their best bet. Uh, it, I mean, if we really had the chance, I think we'd see a you know solid three, 
maybe three and a half hour, you know, Guardians movie from James Gunn, because there's so much you could, like, delve into the <laughs> ego-Star-Lord relationship and shit. Honestly, that I feel like... Explain. And, like, if you look at it, like, you could tell... Uh, I mean, you couldn't tell, but... Um, so I take that back, but... I could really feel like there was a lot more nebula in the movie. It just, you know, got cut, because, you know, you gotta make some shit concise, and, you know, they, they really don't want to go over the two-and-a-half-hour mark. So, you know, and when you have a character that that's that least least involved with the main plot going on that's the character you got to go to the most for those little tiny little cuts from the actual movie you know i think she was just you know the victim of that like that's what happened because i feel like that because she's definitely with them a lot of the movie you just don't get a lot of exposition from her or a lot of like um character building from her it's more so just i guess she's not even that much action. she's just kind of yeah she's just kind of around too and, uh, yeah, because, like, as much ass as she kicked, she didn't kick much ass. It was really Yeah, weird. which sucked. <laughs> Dude, I was just waiting so bad when she was in there with fucking Taserface and Rocket, and I was waiting on her to just, like, fucking annihilate everyone in that Ravager room, dude. Oh, that would have been such a good scene. Yeah, super underutilized, in my opinion, and I think that was... It was like they sa- sacrificed it to make the Gamora connection, which I think would have done better at a different time also because you know when you have that and I preferred when it was unspoken but now it's spoken and unspoken relationship between Star-Lord and Gamora you know we saw a moment of complete vulnerability with Peter Quill or Star-Lord whatever and you know it was like at the moment when he should have been absolutely heartbroken, it was like he was sitting there and he was, you know, concerned about Gamora and Nebula at the very end scene. And I just thought that that, that, did, that didn't make sense. It was like they were, once again, they were trying to stretch it and make too many emotional connections that they sacrificed, like, a really intimate moment right there. I mean, like, I just feel like, you know, if that was his father presence, he would have been absolutely overwhelmed with grief. Instead, it was like... Here's my cool, quippy eulogy, and then... Oh, is Gamora okay? What's she doing? Hmm, they must be talking about something serious. Like, I don't know, it just... It really pulled away from the movie in several aspects. I think that the emotion just wasn't handled well here. Uh, to get, like, a really good opinion, but we can just talk about that on our own time or whatever. Uh, one of the things I did want to say about this whole Nebula thing is... James Gunn, about, what was it, week, two weeks ago, doing press impressed with Kevin Feige, the big man on campus for MCU. He uh, announced, this is in our last episode too, I think, which some fucking put out. Shame on me, sorry guys. Um, hopefully that'll be out by the time you hear this. It will be out by the time you hear this. Um, James Gunn said, you know, Adam Warlock got written out of the script of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Which, totally understand now, with how the movie ended. We'll talk about that once we get to post-credits. Because post-credits is going to be a large segment, because there's a lot to discuss right there. Um, But what I was trying to get to was that I really wish that Nebula was taken out and subplanted with Adam Warlock. Like, you could have much... I would have much rather seen... Adam Warlock pop up and see Nebula's, like, character grow. I definitely understand why she's growing, but, I mean, if you just don't have her, uh, Adam Warlock can just kind of do the same job she does, you know? Like, he can still win the day and shit, so. It's just a kind of a fan stream. I've been a giant Adam Warlock fanboy for many years, and I just, well, I just really wish we could fucking see him on the big screen, but... (laughs) It's going to be yet another three years till we officially, like, see him in action. Because, granted, they said, yeah, Adam Warlock is not going to be in Infinity War. He'll show up in Guardians of the Galaxy 3. I feel like they're going to at least remind everyone before then, you know? Like, don't just have it as the post credit scene of this movie and then never mention it again until Guardians Volume 3 gets here. But, you know, they're going to, like, remind us again. But I just can't wait for it to get here because, I mean, this whole time I... You know, there was tons of rumors swirling around. All my hopes got, you know, up that Adam Warlock was actually going to show up. And it was a bummer when the credits rolled. But then as soon as I... Like, dude, like, as soon as it showed Aisha's face again, 
like, I just knew, dude. Like, I was in the... Because I went and saw it Thursday night on premiere night by myself. And so, dude, like, I remember, like, as soon as I saw her face, I started getting all antsy. I, like, almost stood up, and then, like, my heart just dropped into my stomach. And then she goes, what's this new pod or whatever? And, I mean, granted, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself on what we're going to talk about, but... Whoo, like, dude, that shit just, like, that brought all my hope back. And, uh, yeah, I just wish, actually, you know, he would have, you know, appeared earlier. But I totally understand why he's appearing later. But I just wish, you know, talking about the storylines and characters, I just wish those two would subplan it because I could really enjoy this movie without Neptune. And I could really, really enjoy it with some out of, not Neptune. Why did I say that? Nebula. <laughs> uh, I was talking about Roman gods earlier. Um... But Nebula and uh, how to replace with Adam Morlock, and uh, that's all I gotta say about it. Really, that was kind of a longer thing than I expected. Yeah, I f- kind of forgot the direction on where to go with this fucking review now. Damn. <laughs> uh, was there any scenes you remember that you want to talk about? Oh yeah, 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 I got one. I totally forgot about it. All right, want to? So you got, uh. Well, yeah, that's actually part of the scene, so we can follow through with that, because we're about to tag on to that, uh, the flashing fucking, what do you call it, teleportation scene with Yondu, Rocket, and Oh, Kraken. when they were making the cosmic jumps? Yeah. Yeah. All right, so, my second viewing yesterday, I told Brock about this last night, I believe. All right, so the very first, like, uh, teleportation, like, little thing they go through, they pass over this planet. Alright. So planet looks like a lot of purple rocks and shit. Like everywhere. Very barren wasteland. You see two beings on there. And you know, like, they just don't shove whoever in these things. You know, like everything's thought about. And so, this time, because I realized it on the first time I saw it, I was like, I'm, I'm gonna, this is the time when I need to pay attention because this is also the time where they put the Watchers and Stan Lee. So, like, once I saw that, I was like, alright, I really need to next time pay attention to all the different locations they hit. And so this time I was watching, the first one you come on to, there's a giant guy. He's purple. He's walking around. You got gleaming gold all over him. I uh, got a lot of black and stuff on him, too. And I really think it was Thanos. I mean, it's like really, you know, blink and you miss it. But uh, I think that was Thanos. And it looks like he's literally about to fucking execute a guy, like executioner style with a sword. Like chop his fucking head off. And, uh, dude, it's, like, intense, but it's only for about a second and a half at the most. But that was one of the coolest things I caught within that whole sequence. Are you sure it was Thanos and not Cable? Oh, yeah, it was fucking Thanos. They weren't going to do that big of a fucking crossover yet. Come on, now. <laughs> I know. I'm still just salty about that casting, but that's that's aside from the point. Yeah, fuck that fucking casting. It's stupid. I hate it. Uh, but I guess we'll just see the movie next year, and then I probably won't hate it. Then we'll it. enjoy like it. Josh, <laughs> yeah, because I really like Josh Brolin, so whatever. I'm going to talk shit until we see the first trailer, dude. First trailer, I'll redact everything I've said if it's good, or uh, or I'll just keep doing the same exact thing I'm doing right now, I guess. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, that's the one thing I saw on that. And then the other big thing was fucking The Watchers and Stanley, dude. Like, that came out of fucking nowhere. I, you there? I forget. Yeah, I am. I just forgot what I, like, I completely blanked. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even going to edit this shit out, dude. I'm I actually... Yeah. Can wait with suspense with me. Ha <laughs> ha. It was cool because you see that scene and it seems like he's not a part of the crew, but then later on... Uh, when James Gunn was doing the press, it seems like fans kind of called him out on completing, like, you know, basically he confirmed the rumor that Stan Lee is possibly a Watu, who has been assigned with watching the developments of Earth and the denizens. So you got this, which would explain how Stan Lee has been in every fucking Marvel movie ever. Like, it's a great yep. way to tie it into the actual lore of the comics. So, well, because everything. Kind of true. <laughs> Well, if you think about it, like, everything but the uh, Fox stuff has now all, you know, done deals with Marvel, so everything's coming back. 
So, I mean, even once, you know, Fox does sign that deal at some point down the road, they can still say, well, obviously Stanley won't be around then, but with everyone doing fucking CGI after their death now, I assume Stanley will still, like, appear in every Marvel movie as, like, a tribute from now until forever, you know? Because uh, they can always, like, CGI his fucking face and shit before he dies or something. But, uh, yeah, I really thought it was a really cool touch because that's, you know, one of the biggest rumors I've heard since I was a kid on the internet reading movie theories and shit that, like, the uh, fucking, what was I saying? Sorry, I've been drinking a little bit. Oh, yeah, Stanley was <laughs> one of the watchers. But another thing I realized with that scene happening is that uh, that obviously means Peter Dinklage has no chance of playing a watcher also in Infinity War because, um, like, if you saw them, like, they all look the same. They're all just generic, like, 10-foot beans with bald heads and white eyes, so, like, that obviously means, like, the whole Watcher race are all just gonna be, you know, generic beans, you know, because they all look the same pretty much in the comics anyways. So if they all just look like that, then there will be no reason for a distinct Watcher to actually show up or anything. So I thought that was a cool little, like, confirmation of that that I doubt anyone else really realized because that was one of the rumors that he was gonna play a Watu. So I thought that was cool that that was finally brought in. Also, if y'all didn't know... Uh, Fox actually had the rights to the Watchers, but Kevin Feige also came out today and was talking about it, how they there are actually certain groups of things that um, Marvel and Fox own together, like the scrolls is one of them. Like, if Marvel wanted to, they could use scrolls, but they couldn't use specific scrolls, like Super Scroll and stuff. Um, and they fully own the Kree... They both own the Watchers, but only Fox can use Oatu, I believe. Which is another reason why Oatu isn't in that or like named or anything, which I completely forgot to mention when we first started talking about it. And I forgot the other group of people. But there's another group, I believe, of like space aliens or something. Another group of something that they both have the rights to, but Marvel just can't use specific like specific like characters that are of that race, so if that makes sense at all. Yeah. So at least, so, so at least this was like a good. What? Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say. So this is like a cool like first confirmation of like Fox and Marvel, you know, sharing, actively sharing and stuff. Because this also works with like the Quicksilver stuff. Because you know, Quicksilver appeared, uh, Days of Future uh, Past yeah. and Apocalypse, but he also appeared That's a in good Ultron. Point. They just and, couldn't uh, call him mutants. So. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, he's uh, Kevin Feige said there's actually a lot of them that are under that classification, you know, like double things. And, I'm, and you know, obviously it's going to be mutants because that's pretty much all they have is that's Fantastic Four. And you can't really, like, use a weird version of Fantastic Four members are all the same people. But, you know, like, you can have Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch, you know, the, the siblings. And I forgot, I think he named a couple of others that, you know, they can also use. Um, but so, one of the things I did learn recently is that for some fucking reason that's really stupid, wait, hold on, it makes a ton of sense now that I'm remembering, but <laughs> Taskmaster, if y'all know who Taskmaster is, he's owned by um, Fox, but that's also because he's a Deadpool villain, so that now makes sense. But I was just thinking about the other day, I was like, dude, it'd be sick for Taskmaster to like show up in fucking in, in humans or... Iron Fist, I don't know, just one of those weird ones. I just wish he would show up, but uh, that totally makes sense why they own him. But yeah, so this is just slowly a... I think we're slowly starting to see a merger of, you know, Fox and Marvel, and, you know, just getting one uh, giant library of people to use in their films and stuff. Okay. Do you want to go into the specifics about a movie? Like, uh, which music uh, soundtracks did you Dude, Volume 1 or 2? Volume 1, and I gotta say my shit, I've been going on constant rants, I feel like, like, three and four minute rants, but I'm gonna say it right now, uh, James Gunn hyped up the soundtrack for this, saying it played a huge part and shit like that, no the fuck it didn't, dude, like, this soundtrack was nowhere near as, uh, memorable, I don't remember a single song that was used in that, like, for real, like, I don't remember a single one, but, like, I can remember almost the whole soundtrack of Volume 1, doesn't make any sense, um, because, like, you know, Guardians was one of those movies where it's, like, music's a huge part. He talked about how much, how, like, like, 
the script was written with certain music playing behind certain scenes because it accommodated it, and he talked about how important that was to get very specific songs and shit in it. And it's just like, but you use a bunch that, I mean, to people like us, you know, didn't grow up listening to the radio and shit, you know, like back in the early 80s and stuff, we probably wouldn't know this. Granted, you know, people like my parents and stuff might know it. I don't know. It's just like, the last movie, somehow they busted out a whole bunch of classics that, you know, are really popular. And it's just this movie, like, there was so much, like, the music just wasn't in there besides the opening scene. Like, it was just, like, it was just, you know, background music that had some stuff. Like, nothing really, like, you know, played with the scene. I felt like it did in the first movie. Yeah, I was really disappointed by the music as well. Uh, that same thing. You know, it just didn't feel like it was as, or like, it didn't feel like it was a part of the movie, you know? It, it's like when you're playing Elder Scrolls Oblivion, like what, what I did when I was in middle school. I'd, I'd fucking play Elder Scrolls Oblivion or Halo 3, but I would throw in, like, a Rise Against or a Yellow Card fucking mix on Xbox 360 because you used to could do that. And it was like, yeah, it was fun, but it just doesn't fit perfectly. I was going to say, I still do that, but I'll play Skyrim and put on, like, super cool atmospheric black metal and go in, Kate, in dungeons, and it's a lot of fun, so if any of y'all are into that? that shit, do it, because it's <laughs> fucking cool. But, um, that sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah, you just hear, like, fucking blast beats with reverb turned up to 10 everywhere, and you're just fighting, like, Draugr's and Dragon Priest, and it's just, like, riffs, like, fuck coming out of the speaker i don't know it's a really cool combo because i got tired of the skyrim soundtrack after a while playing it yeah but uh that's totally besides the point yeah i think we both just agree on the soundtrack for this like they fell victim to the fucking marvel curse of a plain ass uh soundtrack dude like granted he used songs that you know were like you know they're still in the niche of being the guardians of the galaxy like retro rock and roll songs but I'm really hoping with Volume Three, because I mean he got a zoom, so that means it's what. <laughs> that was the most meta fucking to. moment of all time. Holy like, shit! <laughs> that's what like, I was like, if if it was gonna do that, I would have expected an iPod Classic or like an iPod Nano or something. You know, something like really weird. What to have? Oh, sorry. Uh, I just burped like three different times. I'm sorry, everyone, for that bad audio. But uh. I, you know, I would expect, like, an iPod or something, but to have a fucking Zune, dude, like, that's what all the nerds had in high school, or junior well, high, Well, that's what you know? made it so great, is because, like, how I, uh, not even ironic, it was just contradicting itself, because he was like, yeah, this is what everybody on Earth's still listening to, and Zune, like, washed out. Nobody fucking knows what Zune is anymore. I know, uh, right? I went with my girlfriend, I don't think she really understood, like, I had to kind of, I was like, yeah, it was just like, you know, an iPod, when iPod first blew up, somebody, it was other people, it was Microsoft trying to combat it. Because Zoom was a Microsoft or HTC product. Who made Zoom? Uh, I think it was HTC. But it was just like their, you know, their Windows little... But goddamn, dude, that was fucking... I thought that that was perfect. Yeah, it was marketed by a Microsoft. That was their way of combating the iPod. And it was just... It was so funny, because it's just like, yeah, this is what everybody on Earth is listening to. What? My, my <laughs> biggest... Uh, the thing I, I want to see most is that he turns it on, they plug it up to a big sound system, and it's him. Uh, I'll go ahead and spoil this from my theory from later. It'll be him, the Guardians 3000, with maybe Drax and Rocket, and they're in just some room, just fucking whooping ass everywhere. It's like a small room and a bunch of enemies in them, and Big Papa by fucking Biggie Smalls is on, because he finally has a Zoom, so it has fucking updated music. And dude, just fucking that track going in or some shit with all them fighting, like that's what that's what I imagine. I just imagine every time I imagine a song going to a fight, I just imagine it going in slow motion, <laughs> like all slow motion shots of just like Peter like shooting people and fucking Drax just knocking faces in and Sylvester Stallone fucking kicking people in the ribs and cracking them and shit. Like uh, that's just what I want to see. That and then like you know see like him listen to like heart-shaped box by nirvana or something like in some yeah. emotional scene like you know just shit like that like because now like he's updated it so like it you you got to use at least music up to like 2006 dude like you gotta zoom you know you gotta do something like that i, th- I uh, think the reason that the i mean because that was his little time on earth though so that was the music he was subjected to but it would be really cool to hear fucking peter quill's first impressions of things like nirvana fucking Metallica who knows well I mean all he's been listening to is Awesome Mix Volume 1 for what like 30 something years or 20 something years and then he just got yeah. Volume 2 three months before this movie came out so he still needed that movie or that music so I feel like you know he's 
he's just itching to find more music. So James Gunn can load whatever songs he wants into the iPod, and Peter Will will like him. Peter Quill will Fucking like him. Sepultura. The there better be Sepultura on Volume Three. <laughs> God. Dude, that would be, be fucking, fucking awesome. <laughs> dude, I never thought of that. Like, ah, that would be cool. Or, dude, like, seeing fucking him do something to walk by Pantera, like Cowboys from Hell. Or, yeah. Dude, play <laughs> the breakdown from Domination. Dude, him, Drax, Rocket, Sylvester, fucking Stallone. I could see uh, Drax getting down to that shit, too. Dude, or Ving, or Ving Rhames. Or Teenage State. <laughs> oh, yeah, true, dude. The hot fucking Groot jamming some fucking Sepultura and Pantera and shit. Just, like, whipping people into vines and snapping their necks and shit. Dude, uh, especially if it was two Roots, bloody Roots. That would fit perfectly with Groot. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, that would be awesome. Dude, I never thought this much about this soundtrack at all. We um, need to get in touch with Marvel. We have great ideas. Yo, Marvel, if the fucking one of y'all hear this, let us help with y'all soundtrack picks. We'll make epic <laughs> fucking scenes. Um, but let's see what to talk about next, dude, because for real, y'all, well, we didn't plan this at all. You, what I want to know is, you like, just what was... Favorite, what? I was about to say, what's your what was your favorite scene? And I want to know, like, which character you think stole the show. So, favorite scene first. What was your favorite all scene? All right, favorite scene, favorite scene. Um, You see, that's a hard one, because I had a lot of scenes I, I liked but I'm honestly gonna go with this is gonna be weird because I liked a lot of other scenes but the more I think about it the the one I like the most is honestly the very end like Yandu's funeral and shit in space and you see like all the ravagers come back and the colors are actually flowing over his grave and shit like yeah. um I, I don't know it's just really cool because you see the Guardians 3000 team and they're all separated and, you know, they show them throughout it, and it's like, oh, you see all the people apart, and it's like, oh, shit, they all showed up for Yondu because, like, you know, like, yeah, he ended up dealing with kids, and that was against the code, but, you know, like, Yondu, like, deep down under the asshole, you know, exterior, like, you know, he was awesome, and a lot of people actually loved him and shit, you know? So, like, uh, I just thought that, that scene was, like, really fucking touching and shit. I, uh, I definitely fucking cried both times watching it, <laughs> even though the second time I knew it was coming, I was still just like, dude, like, oh, like, because, you know, he got good and it was just like, you know, like, damn, saw Peter Quill actually having to meet his dad, who he already knew was a fucking asshole who killed his kids, and he was like, oh, shit, he's actually meeting Ego, like, we need to go fucking there right now, you know, like, you know, and save the shit. And, uh, so, it, it was just cool, like, that was really a cool... Uh, culmination of everything that Yondu was throughout the last two movies and um, you know a really good send off but spoiler alert uh, there I've seen that Michael Rooker has been on the Infinity War set for like three weeks or something now so um, yeah All I don't right. know how much uh, Yondu is dead just saying y'all so eh, we'll play it by ear see what happens a year that'd yeah. be weird uh, I gotta but, say that my favorite scene was, and it comes back to a lot off of what what was my favorite scene from Guardians 1 was uh, Rocket being Rocket, except for this time it was more like Yondu was in this place. But when they were on the ship, you know, outside of Ego, and, uh, you know, Rocket being a prick, as always and whatnot, and finally Yondu tears into him and he's like, you know, I know you because I am you. That whole scene right there... That fucking got me, man. Like that, that had my my tears rolling up. That had my little my little heart boner going. I was, I was in it. <laughs> I was that in was that actually, <laughs> that was actually very close behind on the list, dude. That shit was just like, like, dude, that was, uh, like, woo. cause like no one connects to Rocket, you know. So like to have someone actually connect to him and shit, and like you know be that. I, I wouldn't say father figure at all because it's only, you know, a scene that they share together, but just being that figure to him at least that, you know, is like, I get your fucking struggle, dude. Like, you know, I was a hated being too, you know, and, and like, I guess they both kind of feel that, you know, like because of the circle of friends like the Guardians, like this is where, the, you know, they all feel at home and like, I feel like they kind of all take it for granted and shit, you know, they don't really appreciate it because Rocket's always, you know, cracking on everyone, like fucking being mean to everyone. It's just like, oh shit like you know there's other people like me and like you know it feels kind of nice to be in the situation that I am now you know with friends that you know I care about and that care about me and shit so I feel like it was a cool like little boost to Rocket to actually feel that kind of way 
Yeah, I, I absolutely love Rocket. I have a huge soft spot for him. So that scene, fucking, that shit got me, man. <laughs> I, I was actually getting chills when we were talking about I was getting chills thinking about that whole scene again. I started getting all teary out again thinking about it. <laughs> Which is Rocket good. That's what movies need to look- fucking do. Yeah. Rocket just makes those movies, man. To me, like, it would be, if you took him out of the picture, it just wouldn't feel the same to me. Dude, also, I... A, God, he was a badass again in this one. Like, dude, like, one... Know, Drax didn't do too much. Uh, now that I think about it, whereas in the first one, he wrecked shit, but in this one, Rocket still maintained that sly, mischievous, fucking badass. CGI character. He doesn't cost as much money, and it's a lot easier to have just, you know, because if y'all didn't know, Sean Gunn, who plays Craglin, James Gunn's, yeah. or, and he's also brother. James Gunn's brother, he does all the motion capture for Rocket on set. It's obviously not Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper just comes in and does voiceover work for it. Craglin actually plays the guy that crawls around on the ground everywhere, uh, gives them a point of reference to, like, look and speak to, and he'll do all the lines on set, and then Bradley Cooper just comes in and redoes the voiceover for the lines and stuff like that. Um... But Rocket Raccoon is a CGI character. He can pop up a lot more in Infinity War than the rest of them can, you know, than having all them together. So that's why I'm really pumped to see him, you know, like, he ends up on Earth seeing him talk to fucking Tom Holland and fucking Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark and Iron Man. That conversation between the three of them, whatever it is, is going to be fucking (laughs) a riot, dude. Like, that shit's going to be so funny. Him talking to them, too. And then I can't wait to see him talk to, like, Captain America. I was about to say, I hope Captain America is somewhere in that situation. Dude, I just hope everyone starts calling him a fucking raccoon and trash panda and shit. Dude, he just (laughs) goes ballistic on everyone, dude. Because, like, like this movie, one of the things this movie showcased also, I felt like, was uh, Rocket's, you know, Rocket's abilities. Like, you really see him take advantage of, you know, building weapons and building crazy shit. And, dude, that scene where he's taking out all the Ravagers and he's just blowing them repeatedly into the air. And then he fucking drops down and goes head-to-head, just slapping, like, electrical shock things into everyone. And it's, like, 20 of them in, like, five seconds. Dude, that shit was awesome. Like, I was just really pumped to see that because in the first movie I was just like, all right, so he's just the guy that has a cool big gun. That's all he does. But, like, this one you really get to see how he makes stuff because he made the bomb at the end he made their jet packs he made their space suits he did all that also i love his his motives when he's just like i stole it because character uh he thought kind of stole the show and i guess we talked about a bunch of them but uh you know the weapons with rocket actually seeing what he does in action i thought that was a really show stealer for this whole thing yeah, I feel like Rocket always makes a point to steal this, like steal the moment. But I feel like if this was anybody's movie, I'd had to go with Yondu. Uh, I mean, he he was just everywhere in this movie. And uh, while I disagree, I think that some of it could have been a little better. Like some of his lines, especially in the climax with the whole, like breaking up the whole uh, "I don't fly the arrow with my head" kid, and like later on. He finally finishes that line of what he was going to say, but what we knew he was all going to say on the ship. Like, it was just, eh. Felt like that was a little awkward, but this was definitely his movie. Yeah, I mean, in, in almost in every moment, he was either, uh, you were emotionally relating to him, or you were laughing at him, or he was just being a fucking badass. So. Dude, he's killed Yondu, or Yondu these two movies. I can I I don't think anyone else could could have played this part besides him. Like this is the best representation of Yandu I think they could have ever put on the screen. And I mean, if these rumors end up not being true for Infinity War, I'm gonna fucking miss him for the rest of the eternity of MCU movies to come. Yeah, I really felt like it was a little too early for him to bow out. father there's now might be you know a plot element of something going forward so you know it, 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 might, it might make sense later down the road in retrospect uh but i guess to kind of move this on i'm gonna go ahead and address there's a lot going on in this fucking movie that we could talk about forever but we're trying to keep this to a uh time friendly podcast so uh we might revisit it might do like a 
part two maybe review or or maybe um, not even a review but just like a discussion of like all the easter eggs what all it means what's coming in the future well i was just saying well i was gonna say we can still talk post credit right now uh, but you know kind of maybe do a part two on just you know actually covering ego and the celestials because ego had a huge storyline there's a lot to dissect about you know him because he's literally fucking ego so there's a huge like philosophical discussion i could totally have about him and shit um and how he feels and his whole impact on the universe but you know just to wrap it up tonight since we've done everything else just go ahead and you you want to hit post-credit scenes yeah uh, what are what are you gonna say is favorite post credit scene? You go first. Ooh, Craglin. <laughs> Craglin, really? All of them? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Well, I mean, because wow. obviously you'd be like, well, Adam Warlock's cool, but to know that that shit's not that shit's not dying, and I don't know, Craglin was such a he's just like a sweet, goofy, charming character. You know, he sits there and you see that remorse and that loyalty that he has for Yondu, and now his his chief's dead. But he's got the fucking arrow, so he's he's learned to fly. I th- I still think that's gonna be awesome, especially if it's hinting at him having a more affiliated role with the Guardians. Oh yeah, Kraglin's part of the Guardians team now. Like that's I mean, okay, I, good. well, as long at as least I feel like that's pretty officialized at the end of that. Is that yeah? That's what I felt now. like it cements that. So I'm happy with that, honestly. Uh, uh, if I'm gonna go though, you know, uh, you've known me as a Adam Warlock fanboy, so I'm gonna downplayed that a little bit because I did freak out like a little girl my voice went really loud in the movie theater but I'm going to go with the scene that I think comes directly before that which is Sylvester Stallone rounding up the original Guardians 3000 team y'all so a lot of people felt this is just a shout out Um, I'm going to go into a kind of theory binge here but I really feel like this wasn't just a shout out mainly because for one James Gunn said previously that Sylvester Stallone is going to be a huge part going forward of the MCU and if y'all don't know Stakar is Starhawk the you know Marvel character fucking awesome big ass wings his dad is Quasar I forgot who his mom is she's another famous uh, celestial or elder of the universe um but that's who Sylvester Stallone is. He's gathering up the Guardians 2000 because what happened was they kind of referenced it a little bit. And this is the way, at least the way I'm viewing everything from my knowledge of the history of the Guardians, is that they all traveled together before. Probably not calling you know themselves the Guardians of the Galaxy, but they were the crew before that was the original Guardians team of like Yondu, uh, Starhawk, Charlie 27. Um, I forgot all the other ones. I can never remember any of the names. If y'all gotta look it up, you can kind of brush up on the facts and shit and learn who was in it. But pretty much, you know, everyone that you saw in his ship at the end were all, you know, original Guardians 3000, which was their team name, was the original Guardians 3000 team from the comics, was at the end. My theory is, is that not only did they show up, but in Guardians Volume 3, they're going to show up to help them take on Adam Warlock, because obviously he's going to be the quote-unquote big bad of the movie of number three, but... Everyone knows he's going to turn on Aisha because it's Adam Warlock and he's like the ultimate good and shit. Uh, he was just born for a bad purpose, has to fight them. They're like, oh my gosh. And then he's like, wait, no, this doesn't make any sense. I should be the ultimate good of all mankind, blah, 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 blah. Sorry if I just spoiled the entire movie that's coming on in three years for everyone that hasn't been written <laughs> yet. Um, yeah, or but, that hasn't been on the internet. Because that's been, I mean, you know, that's already being a big thing circulating. So, you know, know but, that you're not alone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's just kind of obvious, but. One of my main things is, is I'm going to feel like, you know, they're going to get into the first altercation with Adam Warlock because he's going to be open from the pod and immediately be like, go after the Guardians. And he's going to be like, okay, I don't know what else to do. I'm, you know, freshly born. He's going to go after them. Got to whip all their asses. They're going to be like, ah, oh, shit, who can we call? I can't call Yondu anymore. So it's just like, oh, shit, Stakar, you know, like we need you to help. There you go. You got new Guardians with the Guardians 3000 team. You got two teams fighting together. You see Sylvester Stallone fucking in action again. You see Ving Rhames as Charlie 27 in action again. You see, uh, I think it's Krager, who was the guy at the end who had the magic bands just like Doctor Strange because he's actually another Sorcerer Supreme from an alien planet that's on the other side of the universe from, um, uh, you know, Doctor Strange and shit. So he's another one that exists in ours. And so, you know, it'll be cool to see all of them on screen, too. 
And my ultimate theory is, is that they're actually going to call this one Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3000 because hopefully 3000 will be a huge part of it. And uh, that's my fanboy moment of the day, I feel like, because I've been thinking on this theory for days, like, oh my gosh, this has got to be true at this point. <laughs> well, fucking, I'll leave it to you to put the pieces together and, uh, I mean, we'll find out in three years. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and uh, that's pretty much all I got from it was that that they're really setting that team up because who who doesn't want to see Sylvester Stallone, dude? Like that should be awesome. Like think about him; he ends up going to see the Grandmaster or something. They get caught up in some shit. You see Sylvester Stallone just fucking deck Jeff Goldblum or something. Like that shit would be hilarious, dude. And then like because uh, Sam Neill from you know Jurassic Park fame is also one of the elders of the universe, supposedly showing up at Thor Ragnarok. So it'd be cool, you know, to see, like, all of them together and shit. Like, there's so many combinations of, like, elders and celestials and all that. Because I feel like elders, like, you know, um, uh, the collector and shit, and the grandmaster, and then celestials, like, Ego, and whoever his brothers and sisters are, because they're all children of eternity. Um, whoever they are, you know, just, I want them to all keep, at, like, casting, like, old-ass actors. Like, I posted a status about it on my personal Facebook the other day about they really need to get the fucking holy trinity of Robert De Niro, Al Pacino, and Joe Pesci to come in and play a trio of fucking Eternals that all sit around like smoking like space cigars in a shady ass room like you know just being fucking like gangsters of fucking space dude like that's all I want is just good fellas but in space you know they just show up in like Thor or some shit for like five minutes you know it's just all them talking mad shit to whoever shows up and they're just being, you know, others of the universe and they fucking do some magic shit, you know, like they're all just sitting around and then they fucking teleport the whole room to like fucking Hella's dimension or something. I don't even know how to fit it in, but just with this string of repeatedly casting like famous old actors as like elders and celestials, I just, I just hope they go insane with it and just cast the craziest people constantly. I'm also so, waiting to see who Antonio Banderas is going to play in the MCU. I actually also, hope they don't get too crazy with it, because then it's just going to start feeling like the Expendables. No, I don't think so, because I feel like <laughs> they can use them very sparingly, you know? Like, you don't, like... Ego, of course, was big, but, like, Grandmaster and Thor isn't going to be that big of a character, you know? And, like, uh, the Collector wasn't that big in Guardians 1, so you can keep having them pop up for these cameos and shit of, like, really powerful gods and stuff, you know? Because I feel like each one is just a really good fucking, you know homage to what that actor is and you know James Gunn's like I, res I respect you I've watched you since a kid so he's just getting all these classics to help fill these roles and shit and I just hope because I feel like me and him have a very sim similar list of favorite actors so it's really cool with what he's doing personally to me at least okay well I mean time will tell <laughs> but uh what postcard scenes yeah you had Cragland you had the Guardian 3000, you had Adam Warlock, you had Teenage Groot, which, uh, there's not much to say about it besides that was a super funny fucking scene, dude, like, teenage ass, like, you could hear his voice cracking and shit, going, I am Groot. Yeah. <laughs> this shit had me dying. Um, and then, of course, you go back to Stanley and the Watchers at the end, but that didn't really do anything, it was just kind of like a tie-up of the other shit that happened in the movie and he was like oh wait guys because they went off to go do other shit and he was like I got so many other stories ah uh, <laughs> but I think that right home. <laughs> but I think that about covers it was there anything else you wanted to speak on in this um, and otherwise we'll kind of save everything for part two uh, I mean the last thing I just wanted to leave everybody with is that uh, you know sleep on the zoom all you want but that thing had a 72 hour battery life holy shit I forgot about that yeah, God. fun fact: double double what iPod batteries are to this day still. Dude, that's wild. I can't even fucking wild. Wow, <laughs> about the uh. only thing Microsoft got right <laughs> with that. All right, so we're gonna call it a wrap on this one. Uh, I greatly appreciate everyone listening and stuff. This was one of my most favorite. This is actually my favorite review we've ever done over because we did what Logan and Power Rangers also. But you also yep. haven't heard Power Rangers, because that's still the corrupted episode we're trying to fix. Um, yeah, I'm sorry, my audio's fucked up, everybody. We're, we're, <laughs> I'm working on it. We'll get it out one day to y'all, but uh, yeah, dude, tonight was awesome. 
This was uh, definitely a huge build-up for me, personally, to this movie. I've been looking forward to it a lot, and really glad that we got to do this. It, at least made this podcast in time to uh, finally have this review on it. I think this is my favorite Marvel movie, and uh, it might be my favorite Marvel movie of the year. we got to wait till Thor and see how that plays out. But otherwise, you got any last thoughts? No, oh, that's it, man. It was a pleasure doing it with you. Alright, cool. Well, uh, y'all have fun. Have fun at work if you're there. Have fun at home if you're there. And Make sure uh, to go see the movie a few more times. Go see it a few more times. Also, next week, or not next week, two weeks from this weekend, Alien Covenant comes out. Absolutely with asses. We are going to see that shit, and we're going to talk about it a lot, because I am so excited for that movie also. And, uh, yeah, I'm really excited for that movie. No <laughs> I've shit. watched like, uh, all the trailers a bunch. Me and my girlfriend have been watching the Alien series all weekend, just because she's never seen them, so I was like, we watched, I got her to watch Alien last Halloween, and now uh, we're watching the other ones right now to prep her up for the uh, Covenant movie. I honestly haven't seen any of the Alien movies in years and years, oh, but I great. have never, I've never actually seen Prometheus at all, so oh, I need fuck, to see that too. Oh, fuck, you gotta get on that, dog. Yeah, I know. I'm going to see it before that. And then also, what is it? That comes out. And then two weeks after that is Wonder Woman. So we'll have another review for that. So for, well, because summer's starting. So we're about to have Wonder Woman. And then Transformers Spider-Man. comes out. Of, yeah, Transformers, Spider-Man. So this is like, you know, all y'all know it's movie Blockbuster time. So, you know, period. We're, we're going to be throwing out a bunch of reviews because my ass is going to be watching all those giant explosions in 3D on screen all summer long. So It's funny. This that. is not... This is not actually my favorite part of the year for movies because I prefer, like, the really fucking, I guess, the Oscar bait movies that you can call them. That, so oh, that season true. starts in, like, October, and I can't fucking wait. <laughs> well, guess what, y'all? We're going to review those two, and we're going to talk about how we cried and stuff and how we got really mad and not just about giant aliens and spaceships and shit. And we so. can talk about how Leonardo DiCaprio earned an Oscar before The Revenant, or deserved one at least. He's deserved one for a lot of shit forever, but he's never Very gotten long it. long time. <laughs> and it's bullshit, and I hate it, and the movie industry can suck my fucking nuts, dude. A, a small factor, or I guess small, like, uh, opinion thing is that I think, you know, he's had better roles than The Revenant. The only reason he got the Oscar for that one was that was just a year where I guess that was really, like, the... I felt like that was just the most notable. Like, he didn't have the competition that he had the year, like, that fucking Birdman was out. Wasn't Birdman the same year as Wolf of Wall Street or whatever? But man, shit was crazy. So, but that's that. Uh, I'm gonna shut that's up. Something now. funny. I saw it yeah. in the Revenant. <laughs> oh man, it's pretty good. Yo, also, if y'all follow TV and everything, and y'all heard that shit about Stephen Colbert and the FCC, uh, what is ang- you haven't heard about that shit? No. <laughs> yeah, let's get a little political for a second. So last Monday, Stephen Colbert was doing his monologue, and he was like. Some, some, some. He, he was just fucking roasting uh, Donnie T up in the White House. And uh, one of his last lines was like, um, what was it? Your mouth, the only thing your mouth is good for is being Vladimir Putin's cock holster. Jesus! And, and like, he said that on fucking what? public television. And I was like, holy shit, that's awesome. Is but, he gonna lose uh, his job? No, dude, like, that's fucking yeah. speech. Like, well, the dumbest thing is, is like, you know, like, uh, I mean, we never really talk about politics in here, but I'm pretty left-leaning and shit, and, like, you know how the right's always, like, ah, uh, liberal snowflakes and shit, and, like, you go on the internet and all these people are like, fire Stephen Colbert, the left got Bill O'Reilly fired. Like, it's like, yeah, he was fucking got five different sexual assault charges and then Stephen Colbert's a good dude and all he said was a really good funny joke (laughs) and fucking like dude the FCC is like supposedly like launching an investigation I was like uh I mean to be honest I don't even know if our taxes go to the FCC but that's just stupid as fucking general to even like do that like movies like television like all that shit it's all just I mean, if you want to say, it, it is all art, you know? Like, it's all just artistic expression. Sometimes it's funny. Sometimes it's horror movies. You never know. So, I don't know. I've been thinking about that a lot this week. I don't even know why I originally brought it up in this podcast. Whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, r- real quick. What? 
I, I might be getting the, the character wrong, but I think that they're saying that the fucking Zenyatta looking like dude from Guardians is mainframe? Is that... Oh, Whatever mainframe? it is. Yeah, she she was played by Miley Cyrus. I was just about to say, Guardian. what the fuck? Miley Cyrus was... <laughs> I didn't even know that. <laughs> yeah, uh, she played mainframe in the Guardians 2000 uh, post credit scene. The one that's like just the talking head on the desk. Okay, so but, who's the one that looks like Zenyatta, Doctor Strange? Uh, what's the name of that guy? His name's like Kragor, or Krager, okay. or something like that. Um, but supposedly he doesn't speak, but he's a um, Sorcerer Supreme of some part of the universe. I forgot which one. Okay, um, that's, all, that's all I was wondering. And she's in that. And then also, we mentioned in another episode... Uh, I could not identify Rob Zombie's voice. He was listed as a unseen Ravager. So yeah. that means he was just one of the shouts off to the side in a scene with a bunch of Ravagers in it. So yep. uh, no big deal in that one. And then the only other thing I know is that they cut the Nathan Fillion cameo at some point. Cause he, was, he released a photo of himself and he was like some alien dude driving a spaceship. I, I have no idea where the scene fit in at all. Um, but just wish I could have seen him because he was in the last movie. He played the big. He did the mocap for the big blue alien that Groot lifts by the nose when they first get to the kiln. Also, oh. they fucking had the original Nick Fury in this movie, not as Nick Fury. <laughs> so that was cool. Who played the original Nick Fury? David Hasselhoff. Wait, what the fuck? I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> David Hasselhoff was in that oh, Nick wait. Fury movie from all of, like, God, Dude. what year was that? Okay, I know exactly what you're talking about. It's the fucking TV movie, like, yeah. Nick Fury TV movie. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Agent okay, of S.H.I.E.L.D., totally 1998. Yep. Holy shit. That's so funny because then he doesn't reference that part, you know, of David Hasselhoff's career. I love it's, it. It's so funny when they, like, reference these people, but yet they've, like, played stuff, like, in these movies. Uh, I don't know. It's all really funny. But, uh... <laughs> Yeah, let's go ahead and call it close. We just keep talking about shit. Um, yeah. Thank y'all for listening. Guardians of the Galaxy, one of my favorite movies. This review, one of my favorite ones to do. Um, again, sorry that we keep delaying all the episodes getting out. We love y'all for listening. The downloads have been awesome. Make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes if you haven't already, just so you get every new episode when it drops. Um, you can also like us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all at, at Infinicast News. Um, so that's about it for me. You got any very last words? Nope, I'm about to have to go because I'm about to poop myself. All right, I'm about to go cook this giant ass steak. Thank y'all for listening. I'm Jay. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs>